0: Welcome Empty Nesters, it's Steven, the producer of Empty Nest Guest. You are in for a treat. Best-selling author Stacy Eldridge is on this episode of Empty Nest Guest. The topic is spiritual warfare, something not talked about too much in our everyday lives. Join Charlotte, our host, and Stacy as they talk about spiritual warfare. We bump into warfare every day. Rejection. Addiction, fear, tiny voices that condemn. There is a cosmic war and we are the battlefield. Sadly, so many people don't recognize this or know how to combat it. The good news is that Charlotte and Stacy expose what warfare is and help you learn how to battle against it. If you want to reach Charlotte, you can reach her at her website at charlotteguest.com. And if you want to learn more about Stacy, you can reach her and learn more about her at wildatheart.org. Once again, we want to thank all of our listeners out there. And remember to like, share, and comment on this podcast so we can know, we can see who's listening. Without a further ado, I'm going to introduce your host, Charlotte Guest. Enjoy.
1: Well, I just, I'm just beyond thrilled. I don't know if you would ever remember meeting our family a long time ago, uh, at Butterhorn Bakery and I think y'all were ransomed hard then. So now it's, where,
2: where's Butterhorn Bakery,
1: isn't that in Frisco, that little bakery right there on the main <gasps> street? Yes. Oh my goodness. It's oh, been yes. a long time. Yes. And, um, we it came. is a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah, we we came to uh, homecoming, but there's always such a long line, and we just we try to be allies that get what y'all are going through and not not um, interfere when there's other people to talk to. But we've been following you well, for a long thoughtful. time, so appreciate it. But I guess I'll start. Stephen, you ready for yeah, me? Right. Okay, producers ready. So. Empty Nesters, I am beyond thrilled today, just beyond excited. We have in the house today, Stacey Eldridge, one of my heroes and mentors. She's a best-selling artist, Welcome, I mean, best-selling author. Welcome, Stacy.
2: Charlotte, it's my honor to get to be with you today and with all of those that are listening. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, we are just thrilled. Thank you so much. Do you know that you've sold over three million books?
2: I did know that
1: okay, I <laughs> hope so. I was doing some um like you know background and it it may be more as if it's more. Let me know. But I was like, I know that so many people read your work and listen to podcasts and and all of you tuning in, empty nesters that follow this podcast, thank you so much for listening and for making it successful. Please tune in to Wild at Heart for all of their podcasts and their amazing daily prayers, and everything that you can find is on wildatheart.com. If you're not familiar with Stacy, you can look her up um, and find out all about her. For me personally, Captivating has been a book that saved me, introduced me to freedom, um, has made me a better wife, mother, person. So Stacy, thank you for that and for other things you've written, like, um, oh my goodness, Free To Be Me, I've led some studies about that, Becoming Myself, Defiant Joy. Please pitch any others. Now you get to share a little.
2: Okay. Well, love and war for for couples, for marriage. And I do want to invite you to come and um, dive into the resources that we have available as well, but it's wildatheart.org, just so you know. .com oh, is a dot, beautiful right. florist in the UK, but .org will lead you to us.
1: We want .org. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, today, and love and war, thank the Lord for that. Um, as I've been looking at a lot of different resources, trying to just help empty nesters navigate. Marriage has really hit hard, so I think we can talk about that um, a little bit later in the podcast. I I have a feeling there's a lot of listeners to empty nest guests that are not familiar with the term spiritual warfare. Um, some of us who are familiar, it's real easy to Go down the road and talk about that lingo, but I wanted to start really basic, Stacy, and just have you share with people who may have have looked at the descriptor of the podcast and wondered what it even is. How do we how do we okay. engage people?
2: That is great. Why don't I start with a verse, First um, Peter five eight and nine. It says, "Be alert and of sober mind." Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. I want to start there because Peter is assuming something in that verse, and he is assuming that spiritual warfare is a part of every believer's life you become a Christian, it comes with the territory. And all of it is related to the part of the fact that we live in a larger story, that God is telling a larger story, and that there is an enemy, there is a bad guy. And his whole purpose, his whole bent is to separate believers, to separate people from coming to know the love of God as deeply as he wants us to. So he uses all kinds of tools in his arsenal, and it's uh, he's ruthless. The verse says, looking for those he can devour, which means not just tempt, but shred, maul, destroy, so that we don't know the love of God and we can't have the freedom that Jesus came that we might have. And it, it works against all of us. The enemy, the devil hates God with a passion, but he cannot harm the King of the universe. So he aims all of his venom, all of his hatred, where it will do our God the most harm. And that is to his beloved ones. So spiritual warfare, who've
1: accepted to him all and, of us and have him in us, it's still amazing to me that people don't know what we carry inside the minute that we say, I am a Christ follower.
2: Yes, right. Yeah, so spiritual warfare can kind of seem like a freaky thing, like, oh, no, that's reserved for odd people or people just in extremely high positions of authority. But no, it's actually every single believer is targeted to um, to not bear the image of Christ as they're meant to, to not walk in the fullness of who they are and their identity as a believer. And um, it just comes with the territory. It isn't weird. It isn't freaky. It isn't odd. But when we aren't aware of it in our lives, it does a lot of damage.
1: Oh, it's amazing to me in talking with some friends and and just I ask a lot of questions to empty nesting people about what they want to hear about. And as you, as you all have covered so well in all of your podcasts during this COVID terrible, awful pandemic season, people said they are giving in to these voices that they hear that they know are from the enemy and that things are escalated. People are going through more stress People are are not remembering that they can wake up every day and say, "I am a believer, and I'm going to fight this battle." and And it's just relentless. And people are ready for this to be over.
2: It is relentless. Add to that that the spirit of the age, a hopelessness, has majorly been released, and it is afflicting. Um, I'm sure. Everybody that is listening can know this at some level. This this thievery of joy, this thievery of hope and belief, which are our birthrights in Christ, which He is the God of all hope. But it is an onslaught coming against the world, and we're living in the world. We're breathing that air. So. Um, that whole thing about standing firm against the evil one, we do that by the strength of the Lord, by his power of his might within us. And sometimes that can just look like us calling out, help, help God in the midst of this, because I feel like I'm drowning and I need your help.
1: Well, yeah, I appreciate that, Stacy. And one of your favorite um, things I've learned from you is when you taught us how to just say, you can just say Jesus, Jesus or Jesus catch my heart. And it can change a moment. It can, it can help you either go down one path or the other. And I was listening to another message the other day about when we feel hopeless and we feel like we're giving in to this battle that we don't even see around us, we can either pull heaven down or we can pull hell up by what, what we give ourselves over to.
2: Oh, wow, that's a really good analogy. And it really comes down to what we're thinking. So so all of us need to take the time and train ourselves to tune in to what we're thinking. Because what we're thinking is going to affect what we're feeling. It's going to affect how we experience the world. It's going it's to affect our relationship with God. So to tune in, at a red light or in the middle of your day or you're chopping vegetables or you're just aching or the loneliness has come tune in to what you're thinking and what you're believing. And then you have the opportunity to make the choice to sift it out. Does it align with the word of God and what he says, or does it not? And if it doesn't, that's where we fight our good fight of faith and say, no, I reject that in the name of Jesus, and I choose to believe the truth. Replace the truth with a lie.
1: Um, Replace the
2: lie, rather, with the truth.
1: And your book, Defiant Joy, has a lot of practical tips about how people can just, you do have to defy joy. We don't just wake up every day and say, la, 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 I have lots of joy. And we have to fight for that, just like we have to fight for goodness and hope and pry away the awful stuff that's swirling around that brings us all down um i was looking at at another basic um just how to share with listeners who maybe have never heard about spiritual warfare most people have heard of the garden of eden and adam and eve and have heard that there's a serpent that came to tempt there and that is where things began for humans would you have anything to add to that before we kind of move into another question?
2: No, I think that's a, it's a good introduction. Um, but it's also good to know that the, um, the enemy, the devil, existed before the garden. Like there was a lot going on in the story that God is telling before human beings came on the scene. And we learned earlier that there was war in heaven when Satan was uh, wanting to receive the worship of God. And he actually convinced a third of the angels to join him in a coup, in an attempt to seize control for themselves, which is just insane. But there was war in heaven. And God is a warrior. The Lord is victorious. Satan and his minions were thrown down. But But he's not chained. Not yet. And that's why it's important to go, yeah, he is prowling around like a lion. He's not a toothless lion. He can do great damage. And when you look around the world and the news and what's happening and your own story of your own life, people can see, yeah, there's been great damage done, but Jesus has come that we might have life and life to the full, but we can't have that um, if we're not willing to address the reality that there is an enemy that would like to destroy us, our life, our relationships, and our calling.
1: And here we go. Every morning when we wake up, we step into that. We are the pawns in this crazy, great battle. And I saw a quote as getting ready kind of for this podcast that said, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And if you don't wake up and know (gasps) he exists, then you're going to give yourself over before you even give yourself a chance. He he loves for people to not think he's real and that he has nothing to do with calamity and accusations and depression and hopelessness. And let's pick any other word that we want to in the day of the age.
2: Charlotte, you're so right. That's his number one thing, because if we don't Think he's uh, playing a role in our lives, then we either blame ourselves or we blame God for things that the enemy is doing.
1: Or we blame people we really love, like friends and, exactly. and our husbands and any. Pick your person that you love. Satan loves for us to accuse each other and go after each other. And as punching bags, You're we right. have to remind ourselves. You are not my enemy. The enemy is Satan, and it is not you. I love you. I have to say that often when I get frustrated with people, just in my head to get through it. That's
2: so good. Yes. um,
1: As I was thinking of a practical example of, as this podcast is mainly empty nesting people. So I've really loved diving into that world about um, what does that look like for people? I was thinking about a scene in a movie that I learned about from you all at a captivating retreat from the movie A Little Princess. And quick story, the little princess had everything. She was in a in a school. Um, her father had to go to war. She had every material thing she could ever want. And then she's relegated to the attic and a terrible school marm comes up and tells her that she's nothing. She's no one, she's not a princess. And my favorite line in that movie is when she says, you know, "Do you hear me?" to the little girl and and little Sarah looks at her and says, "I hear you, but I don't believe you." And that line has gotten me through when I hear voices in my head like nothing you do is important. You don't need to keep trying. I will have to say out loud, I hear you, but I don't believe you. Can you talk about that for a little bit?
2: That is brilliant. That is such a brilliant example. and such a fabulous tool. I, um, I know that when I first became an empty nester, so much of my identity and even my value felt like it, it was up in the air. It was all for grabs. I I didn't know who I was anymore, what my calling was, what my purpose was, and all I really felt was an unexpected and overwhelming grief at loss. And um, suddenly my children who I was supposed to and did know where they were at all times, now now I don't know where they are or what they're doing and the transition into this next stage is very difficult as, as you all know,
1: it's hard. So
2: it is so hard and it doesn't, didn't matter how many people told me that it was going to be hard. I had no idea how hard it was going to be. And then just even wondering as a mother, am I still a mother? What, what does that even mean? What does mothering look like? And, and it's true that that changes that shifts just as mothering a newborn is different than mothering a teenager. My children are now um, in the early 30s and late 20s and being a mother to them, very unique, different. I'm learning. But the and question isn't it of identity. Interesting
1: how it it's different with each one. So you have to pray like each child has a different way that we need to mother them. So then there's more of figuring that out.
2: There is. Thank goodness we're not on our own, or it would be, it would be impossible. But the place of identity and value is the place, the core place where we are assaulted. And do I have anything of value to offer then? And we are made to be significant. We're made to play what I call an irreplaceable role. We're made to offer our unique gifting. And that's a good and holy desire, a place where we actually bear the image of God. And so as that shifts, That's a really vulnerable time where we need to be seeking God and asking him, what does it look like now? My life isn't over. So that means there's more for me to live and offer ways that you want me to come to know you in ways that I haven't before. And how do we then press in to God to know who we are to him more deeply when we're also being assaulted with feelings of just loss and ache? Um that's a very real struggle but also a place where we can encounter God more deeply than we ever have before Absolutely. because isn't it true that it's in our times of suffering that we come to know him?
1: Oh. For and this me, is it's suffering we can name yes. it. Yes. Um I asked some of my Christian friends who are just kind of praying through this whole podcast adventure with me and and I've asked them like how how does warfare get into your head and empty nesting. And these are some of their comments. This is what they say they hear. Well, my friend hasn't called lately. I guess I'm just not included in that. I I saw that on Facebook and those people got together and no one called. So, um, my husband doesn't text anymore. I don't really, we're not doing well. Um, it's, it's this overwhelming message that we're giving ourselves over to, that we are not included, that we're not enough, that we don't have a beauty to offer. It's everything you talk about in Captivating, but it's enhanced in Empty Nesting, I think, and so do my friends and other people I've talked to, because we have this time to just sit around and give ourselves over if we don't choose joy every day.
2: Yeah, that whole thing about nature abhors a vacuum. But it is really important and um, in, in taking the thoughts captive. And that's why I say you have to tune in because we'll be far down the road. and We haven't even acknowledged the conclusions that we've come to. I've had that time, gone on Facebook, and then there's a picture of everyone I know. And it says, here with my besties. Yes. And they're like, what am I? You know, chopped liver. Like, I'm not a part of it. And the thing about about this is that makes it hard is that there's a grain of truth to it because you weren't with them. Um, Your husband isn't texting as much. There's that grain of truth is what gives it its power. But if you take truth and you add just a little bit of spin, a little bit of lie to it, it's all a lie. So this is where we have to know the truth. We have to know who we are in Christ so that we then can be immovable. I share the story of the reality that um, experts in counterfeit money, they don't study counterfeit money. They study real money. They study what's um, actual, true. And that way, when something counterfeit comes through, they recognize it in an instant. And that's why our tool, our armoring up, our being able to stand against the accusations of the enemy that hit us when we're most vulnerable is by knowing the truth of who God says we are, how valuable we are to him. Knowing our identity in Christ, knowing that we have this incredible call on our life to be Jesus to the world, that we bring him, that we're so infused with the truth and infused with this love that it's experienced by others wherever we go. So that's, it's like, ah, it can be a tool in the enemy to really harm us. And we are all places where we're vulnerable and they may not all be the same,
1: oh, but
2: when that. it propels us, propels us to know who we are to Jesus, that's the only It's the only place that's solid for us to stand on. It's the only place for us to land.
1: It is the only, I mean, on this solid rock I stand, an old hymn from long ago. That is so powerful. And we can kind of go into the question, how do we combat warfare? And then we can come back to how it affects our relationships because you gave such a great segue about just putting our armor on. I have a a scripture from Ephesians 6, 12. Um, I think you referenced it already. Our struggles are not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. This is a crazy thing swirling about, but our struggles are not about the people we love they feel that way, but we have to remember this. So Stacy, how do people that haven't ever heard of this, what are our practical steps to go at this, to wake up every day and say, I am going to fight this battle with all that I have. How do we start?
2: Well, we start by aligning ourselves with the truth. So I'll tell you what I do. Um, At at wildhathat.org, there is a list of prayers that we pray. And there's a thing called the daily prayer. And there's all kinds of versions of this in different um, faiths. It's almost like the Nicene Creed or the Apostles Creed or St. Patrick's Breastplate, where we're aligning ourselves with the truth of who God is, what Jesus has done for us, and our place, what he's won for us and his cross, his death. His resurrection and his life, his ascension and his authority by um, yielding to the Holy Spirit. Anyway, it's really, really important that we orient ourselves to the truth and align ourselves with the word of God. And and that's our beginning place. And then what I would say is uh, one of the things that the enemy does when we're weak and is accusing us and... He's gonna do it today. He's like he's good at it. He's the accuser of the brethren. Yep. He's not gonna stop. But but what we can feel then is shame that we are being accused, or say we are really discouraged, and then he'll like throw gasoline on that fire and make us feel terrible for being discouraged. And so what I want to just say first is, um, being in the crosshairs of the enemy is normal. And, and you're not weird and you're not failing as a Christian. And there's sometimes a way to look at it that the enemy is attacking you, not because there's something wrong with you, but because there's something right with you.
1: Absolutely.
2: And that's, so the spiritual warfare 101 is really um, not making agreements with the enemy. And um, and when you have made those agreements, breaking those agreements and what I mean by that is say you have, uh, okay, let's just stick with the, the Facebook thing the, of the, the women getting together or learning of a party or the phone never ringing and never being invited. And then what you can do with that is the thought goes through your head is nobody likes me or I don't really have any friends. I'm alone. I'll always be alone. And they feel very true. It feels very true, but it's right there in that place where you have to stand and say, no, I reject that lie in the name of Jesus. And I break agreements with it. And I choose to make agreement with the truth. And that's where you need to know the word of God, where he says, I am holy and dearly loved. I am chosen where Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you where he says, I have plans for you, for your benefit, where he's working all things together for the good. So you know that actually Jesus calls me friend. I have the best friend. He he has anointed me to bring good news as well. So I have a calling on my life. So the, the thing is, what am I thinking? And a way to clue into that is what is am I feeling? Yes. Because you shall know them by their fruits. And then breaking agreements with it, even when it feels true. And a lot of these agreements are historic. There's are things that we may have been living with for a very long time, even things that people have said to us or named us that were wounding. And in that wound, this, this lie got seeded into us where we believed something very negative about ourselves.
1: Well, and a lot and that's of people in our life- have believed a lot of things about themselves. And I think when my eyes open to, wait a minute, this can go way back that we've dealt with fill in the blank. Let's get rid of it now. Um, You can see for others as well how to break those agreements.
2: You can see better for others, in fact. Yeah, And this is what's really great is... (laughs) (laughs) because you know it's not true. You see somebody and you see their glory. You see how fabulous they are. You're like, oh, no, no. What is it you're thinking? This is not true. But in order to intervene for someone else, really effectively you do have to stand firm on your own behalf as well.
1: Yes. Um, the other thing you mentioned that I love so much, you talked about feelings. And as we both know, I'm 53 and some of my empty nesting people that I correspond with and get emails from have said, thank you so much for addressing that menopause is horrible. Hormones are hard. We didn't want to sign up to to be trying to handle older children, our own hormones. Like, it's its hard to be in this, and that can lend itself to feeling more accused or feeling more. But it lets you kind of separate out feelings from your physical self, like, I need to get a little help for this. And the two words that I share with people often who are struggling are, if you're feeling condemned, that is Satan. If you're feeling convicted about something, lean into that. The Lord is trying to share something with you. So would, what would you say to those two words, conviction and condemnation?
2: Um, so important to differentiate. And one of the ways that I like to use is by the fruit. When I'm under condemnation, I spiral down. It separates me from God. I crash and burn. But when I'm being convicted, it's an invitation to draw nearer to the heart of God. And it actually ends with thanksgiving mm. that he's, he's, he's honing me and wanting me to be closer and more like him. So knowing them by their fruit is really a, a good clue.
1: Oh, and friends who bring that good fruit into your life, when you have people that spur you to... The good fruit of that are listening for you and fighting for you and cheering for you. Um, it's wonderful to have others that are saying, Hey, listen, don't give in to that condemnation, but we do see this and let's help you. I think you can differentiate people in that too. For me, that's helped in my life. Oh,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. You can, what do they bring? And Oh my goodness. Yes. To have those people in your life. And, and if you don't have them to ask God to bring them,
1: yes, we need my each other. Husband and I did that. We launched all of our kids. Um, we, we looked at our life and, and honest to goodness, Stacy, thank you to you and John and all of your team at wild Um, what, Ransomed Heart was so wonderful back in the day for us. We have followed you. We've learned how to pray for friends, how to pray for a tribe, and God has honored that. We, Without your teaching, we wouldn't have learned freedom. We wouldn't have learned freedom in our marriage, freedom between friends. You can pray for those things, and ladies and any men listening, if you don't have that right now ask the Lord to show you. He, will so, he would love to show you that. And as we talk about our relationship, I want to definitely, before we wrap up the podcast, talk about, uh, we have single friends listening. We certainly have some dear friends of mine who are widows who listen to this podcast, but one way Satan really comes after the world is to get people to hate each other, whether that's political parties which we're not going to dive into. but in our everyday life, you can get into crazy fights with your best friends and people you love. Stacy, how do you how do you see warfare affecting relationships, whether that's friendship and marriage? I would love for you to speak to that.
2: Well, that's so important and you've mentioned before that that handle to hold on to that we don't fight against flesh and blood. Um, but Satan's name means divider and he wants to bring division and to separate us because we are made to live in community and in love with one another, in love for one another. And he loves to divide and destroy. So, so being on guard against that, uh, there's so much to be said about it. There really is, but, um, Shoot, now I'm forgetting where I was going and even what the question was.
1: And and Love and War is a whole book we can read about. You all address a lot of specific examples about what war looks like in marriage. Um, My Jesus Calling devotional the other day said this. It said, The evil one abhors your closeness to me. His demonic underlings are determined to destroy our intimacy. And that just was so profound to read that day because the, world of is, the word abhor is huge. And then you think about underlings, yes. all the little, just awful minions that are like, I'm going to mess up that friendship. I'm going to mess up that marriage. I'm going to mess up that Sunday school class and community group. And it's all around us every day.
2: It is. And that whole dividing, keeping us separate from the love of God, cutting us off from the source and then, and that's our, that's our source of love and life and power and wisdom so that we have the wisdom to offer in relationships, the ability to forgive, to walk in humility, to have patience with other people. It's, it's essential. And yeah, he hates love in all of its forms. So we serve the King of love. It's a whole other kingdom that we belong to. And to be aware that there is an enemy, that you're not just making this up, is 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 one of the most important first steps.
1: Well, oh, that's so good. I, I'm also thinking before we close here in just a second about you and John even share this story about praying together. Um, and you you both shared that you felt that you were a disappointment to each other and that the air was really thick and you were in the room together. And both of you said, well, I thought you felt that way about me. And you, and you kind of realized, okay, neither one of us feels this way at all. And there was something else in the room and that something else is warfare.
2: Yeah, for us, it was a spirit of accusation. I felt accused by him. He felt accused by me. And for us to stand together and banish out loud, a spirit of accusation from our home and from our marriage in the name of Jesus Mm -hmm. changed everything. And there's also, so there's spirits of fear that are really out there that are raging, really piggybacking on COVID and the spirit of hatred that's been unleashed in the world. You can see everywhere. So for people to take a stand and not come into agreement with that and the, and, and, I'll tell you a tool to do that is just to pray. I love you, God. You're making an agreement with love. I love you, God. In this moment, I love you, God. So much power in that.
1: That's so much power. I love that. And even if you don't feel it, people listening, if you say it out loud, you can also, I say this prayer a lot, Lord, help me want to love you. Help me, help (gasps) me see you. Help help me feel joy when I call on your name. And my, I think it was my grandmother that taught me that you cannot worry and worship at the same time. So if you find yourself worrying, turn on whatever song is helpful for you to worship. Turn on whatever, get your mind calm and create something in you that's joyful. You, you just, you don't need to give over to worry. That, feeds the warfare, I think.
2: It does. That's brilliant. Well,
1: I, I don't want to keep us too long because um, your time is so valuable and we just thank you. But I, a parting thoughts. This is hopefully a Warfare 101 and I hope that those of you listening are feeling encouraged, that you feel like maybe a lie in your life has been exposed that you don't have to wake up every day and give in to despondency, to feeling not enough, to feeling like your life doesn't matter, that because your nest is empty, that you don't even know where to turn. You were made with a beautiful, wonderful, unique purpose for this universe that no one else can fill except for you. And if, if Satan is getting in the way of that, Please turn to Ephesians six and learn how to battle up and put on your armor. Um, we learned about spiritual underwear, underwear one time about about all this armor is really heavy, but if you put on this undergarment of love, it that's how women can offer in a beautiful way. And I love that thought. And I I just want all of you listening, if you take nothing else away please take away wilditheart.org. Anything Stacey's written, and then I want her to share some final thoughts. And, And it's just been an honor to have you on, Stacey. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. This has been rich. I'm encouraged by all the truth that you're speaking. And I guess my final words would be, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. And there is more freedom available for all of us to walk into more freedom in our life, more freedom to be healed and whole, freedom to worship, freedom to love, freedom to know who we are and be who we are meant to be in Christ. And you are worth fighting for. Jesus thought so. It's true.
1: He thought so and he made you. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't true. I think about that too. And there's nothing more than I want for people in the empty nest phase in any stage of life to live from a free heart. It, life is so different if you know how to fight off this awful real warfare and if you can be free. Ephesians 4 verse 14 says, We are not meant to be tossed about, carried about with every wind and trickery. The war swirls about us, but listeners, we can combat this, and I hope you can go back and listen to this, and please go to wildatheart.org and arm yourself with so much truth, and, and tune in again. I look forward to the coming year to more episodes of truth, and Stacy, you've been um, just a blessing today. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Charlotte.
1: I hope you all have a happy Christmas at the Wild at Heart team and that your year starts off really well. Thank you again for all that you do. We're going to sign off. Thank Thank you, you. Stacey. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.